Hello, pre-chat time, of course, um, sat in my little study with my dog asleep. Um, so today's guest is Simon Thomas, and you'll be finding out all about him and all the things that he's done and his best things, of course. We recorded this in January. Um, weather's okay, actually, not too bad, a little bit cold, but still on that fitness kick. I wonder if I still am now, probably not. Um, anyway, so enjoy with Simon Thomas, he is awesome. Let's get on with the podcast. Hello. Daniel Johnson here, and Darcy actually, say hello, she's not going to say hello, say hello, anyway, this is Best Thing. Hello, if you're new, welcome, and if you're not new, welcome of course, this is Best Thing, where we talk to wonderful guests about the best things in their life, from food, to travel, to music, to film and TV, to something random of their choice, and they have been pretty random, and a new question, which is, what's the best thing about you, can you answer that, probably not. Today's guest is the wonderful Simon Thomas. He has his own podcast called Life Interrupted. He used to be a Blue Peter presenter, then went on to Pundit Football for Sky, and now is working for Amazon. Not as a delivery driver, he does the football. Anyway, you'll be finding all about his best things in a second. As always, we've got the rest of the gang. So we've got Adam Harris and his fat chicken, Bethy with the Bethy Beats, and Tom and Revan with Film Pack. All that in one show. So up next, Adam Harris's Fat Chicken, and then followed by interview with Simon Thomas. Hey, hey, cluck, cluck, Fat Chicken here, y'all. Um, apparently, oh, people always say, don't they? You hear them telling you how many grapes go into a bottle of wine, and they always say the same thing. Apparently, seven hundred grapes go into a bottle of wine. I just want to find out if that's true. Is it really 700? Find out at the end of the show. If you're looking for something completely different for a friend's birthday, anniversary, or you just want to wish them good luck in their new job, but I can't do a video, that'd be rubbish. Who could I get? Well, you could get loads of people at Memo. Get a personal video message from your favourite celebrity. But who? Well, let me tell you. What about Charlotte Crosby from Geordie Shaw? Or Sandra? Or Sandy from Gogglebox? Gabby Allen? Amy Childs? And if they like sport, you can get Matt Letissier, Glenn Hoddle, John Barnes, Paul Lintz and Razor Ruddock. You can even get Carol Baskin. Who's that? She's on Tiger King, of course. Oh, yes. All you have to do is write a message and you get your video within seven days. A perfect gift and the best thing you could do for a friend today. It's that easy. Just go to memo.me. That's memo.me. Why not get a fun celebrity message today? Just on the verge of moving the Bojos and no moves, but they're kind of loathe to shut down that part of the economy because there's the stamp duty holiday at the moment. Yeah. So yeah we're they fine so we go thursday amazing that's yeah. uh, i mean I, I i've i've been sort of not weirdly counting it down because you told me back ages ago last <laughs> year that you, you were moving and i was like oh he's probably moved by now and the same as my friend it's been like seven months oh. and nothing's happened so well done for you getting a because oh. she couldn't get a valuer in she couldn't get a valuer no in. it's a nightmare get, it was yeah it was difficult but and it's she's hard to get there. a mortgage because they oh. want lots of questions about how you've been impacted by covid and then you yep. have to speculate on your income going forward and that's like well i don't know <laughs> no idea what's going to happen next but you just you know just yeah, welcome to, to our world yeah. welcome to our world no so, idea what, what the next six months of work is looking like 
Um, I said this before on another podcast. This is like, I, I, we did it with Darren Nitton, who is uh, the writer of Benidorm, and he's actually just finished writing for Spitting Image as well. And I called it a soft opening, and I should never say that to a person who works and writes for Benidorm. No, <laughs> that could go a lot of ways. So we started already uh, just talking about uh, mortgages and moving, stuff like that. Um, so we're going to go into it straight away. Um, right. Traveling, um, before we, we do you remember that time we were allowed to go places and oh get on planes and uh, and we were just annoyed about how long it would take to get our case through. I know. Now, now I have been on a plane since the situation of the yeah. pandemic and stuff. Um, okay, do you holiday when you were younger? Where did you go? Were you lucky enough to go away or were you sort of staycation at home, you, you know, sort of places in Wales or or Cornwall like myself. Home. And actually Cornwall was somewhere we went quite a bit because my, my dad was a vicar. And it, it, if anybody knows anything about men of the cloth, it's it's not a very well-paid job. So the only the only holiday we had, and I say only because it was an amazing holiday. I'm very aware that people listening to this may have never gone abroad when they were young, but we went to Barbados because my dad's wow. sister had uh, married a Bayesian guy many years before. So my cousins and they lived in Barbados and some very kind people from our church who were very aware. We're in quite an affluent area in Surrey. So quite a lot of the church congregation going abroad was no big deal. We'd never done it. And so in 1989, I was 16, we went to Barbados. I've never been so excited. I used to flick through the pages of the holiday brochures. I'd look at planes. I'd never flown anywhere apart from when I was, I think, six months. So I was too young to remember it. I'd never been in a plane. I just was counting down the days for about four months, I think. And it was just the most incredible holiday. Um, but before that, we holiday a lot in Norfolk because that's where my family are from. That's where I originate from. So we're in Cromer a lot. Uh, and we went down to Cornwall quite a few years running. We went to a place called Watergate Bay, which was just I near. You know it. Oh, yeah, I holiday there. I holiday magic. there still with friends and stuff so it's it's amazing just the, what they've done to that place we went to jamie's because he's got a restaurant there now he has so, yeah that yeah. was that was not there when we were there because it was quite a no. while ago but it's you know what i always think about cornwall is if they could guarantee a mediterranean style climate it is and would be one of the best holiday destinations in the world it's not amazing. not just the uk because it's stunning got those amazing huge rocky cliffs Obviously, the Atlantic, the surf, and the big wide. I mean, Watergate Bay, that wide expanse. Nightmare for parents, because you lose your kids very easily if it's a hot day yes. and it's busy. <laughs> but a, ma a magical place, but just too many times, because by the, the time we went there, I was at an age where I wouldn't sleep in the caravan because it was too big. So I slept in the tent next to the caravan, the two sisters and mum and dad in the caravan. But so often, you'd wake up to that depressing sound of pit-pat, pit-pat on the canvas. You'd open it. There was that low slung cloud again, and you thought, "Here we go! It's another National Trust day. <laughs> we're, off to, we're off to Tim Tadgel again." <laughs> and but when, it, when the weather was good, it was the best. I, I love it down there. It's it's absolutely stunning. And uh, one of the things we stayed in the caravan as well because we used to go to Perimporth, um, in, in in just outside Newquay and Truro. And uh, <laughs> you say the pit pat of like the sound of the rain. We used to wind up our friends and we used to throw bread on top of the caravan roofs. And I don't know if you've seen the seagulls, but they're like pterodactyls. I yes. don't know. <laughs> and then their claws on it sounded like rain, or just it just annoyed them. <laughs> it just sounded like rain and also it massively annoyed them. But yeah, I mean, those times, I think if you haven't had a childhood where you just went to somewhere just sort of local and you just went to a local beach and stuff and you did go abroad all the time, I think you did kind of miss out a little bit on those nice 
yeah. kind of low-key holidays where you made did you ever spot, did you ever spot in uh, watergate bay this was something that fascinated me uh, and actually the guy who ran the bar in the caravan park we stayed in knew who she was but used to walk along the cliff tops with the sort of watergate bay in front of you and go to the right and they're down sort of halfway down the cliffs with this little wooden hut and you could see this lady sat there and she'd be doing kind of housework outside she'd potter back inside and every time we went down, I'd go there most days just to have a look. And there she still was. And I can't remember her name it's so long ago. But this lady, for most of the year, would live in this little hut. And it's like that kind of famous five thing. You don't imagine these things in real yeah. life. But there's this lady. I mean, she wasn't up to no good. So not completely like famous five. But just, I don't know, memories like that, just the kind of weird and wonderful, uh, just what makes a, a, a rich kind of childhood and all the memories you look back on. And, yeah, the holiday to Barbados was amazing. But I think the ones I always remember were the Cornwall holidays the kind of Norfolk holidays. What would you say is the the best thing when it comes to travel for you? And that could be a place, it could be just, you know, getting ready, it could be just chilling out. Like what what is it for you? I love the sights and sounds when you hit somewhere new. I mean I was I was very, very lucky because as you probably gathered already, I was hugely untraveled. Like lots of people are, but when I got the Blue Peter gig, I knew that this was my passport. Wait a speak. minute, you were a Blue Peter? I'm joking. Yeah, a long time ago, back in the no, midst no, no, of TV time. Everyone cared. You did it when everyone was watching it. I know, know, before multi-channels and downloads and YouTube and, yeah, the, the halcyon days where there wasn't much choice still in the late 90s. There still wasn't loads of choice compared to now. But I knew that the part of the job, there were loads of parts to the job that were amazing, but the travel for me was just incredible. You know, I think by the time I'd finished in six years, I'd done 25 countries. And what I always loved was wow. that, was those initial sights and sounds. I think the one that really hit me square between the eyes was where you did the summer expedition to India. I've never been to India before. And arriving in Delhi, you're just hit by this assault on the senses. So you've got all the smells that you're just not used to, but it was the sounds the hooting of all the cars, which isn't hooting out of anger, it's to tell each other what they're doing. The hooters are kind of the indicators. And just this cacophony of noise. And then looking at your hotel room and staying in this really palatial hotel, and yet they're just yards beyond the end of the hotel gardens in, in view of your lovely room. You know, hundreds of people, families sleeping on the street. You're just hit by these incredible images, hard images. And that's what I always loved, wherever I went, just that... I don't know what it is, but particularly foreign travel, we're so used to obviously how things smell at home, but each country has its own kind of unique smell. Once you get beyond the aviation exhaust fumes, they all smell the same. <laughs> hate to break it to you. They do. I, I, I just loved it. And what I always love is the fact that when you land somewhere new, quite often, you know, I think if anyone landed at Heathrow and judged London by the first 20 miles, they'd go, what is this? But then you get there and go, oh, I get it. No, London's amazing. But it's the same when you go to lots of different countries. You drive through areas that look quite similar in lots of different countries. And then suddenly you arrive in Delhi or you arrive in Ho Chi Minh City in, in Vietnam. So I'm, 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 I'm country dropping now. Pick that one I know, up. You can, you can do that because I've been to Ho Chi Minh and it, it, oh. it, it, I felt exactly the same. Yeah. Getting and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. something else. And I think, that, yeah, that's what I love about and just – it's an obvious thing to say, isn't it? But just that spirit of adventure, of exploring somewhere new. You know, I'll be honest, on most holidays, I think because 
particularly when you see the football at Sky, you'd have this sort of one holiday a year because it was very difficult to go on holiday during the season. So you, you did just want to kind of chill out on a sun lounger. I wasn't really into doing ruins and all that kind of thing. But the, the BP gig, we we explored. It was adventure. You'd go and see places that that other people never got to do. I mean, one, one memory that just hits me straight away in terms of what actually no one's ever been able to do since because they changed the rules once 9-11 happened. But we spent a couple of weeks, myself and Matt Baker, filming in San Francisco. Amazing city, unbelievable. And we were the last film crew to be allowed up the top of one of the, the, the big pillars of the Golden Gate Bridge and shoot wow. from the top. And just getting up this rickety old lift, this miserable American who took us up, he wasn't very happy to see us. And we sort of all crushed into the lift. You could barely fit four people in there, let alone camera equipment. And up we went. And he just gave us kind of the freedom of the bridge, just let us, he went back down to the lift and we were up there for about two hours. I just remember looking down and some of the clouds sort of going under us and then below the clouds, seeing the traffic firing on past. He just thought, yeah, this this is amazing. These are the kind of snapshots. And I, I try and do that a little bit now. My, my other half, Dorina, does this quite a bit. And it's not just when you're traveling, it's actually those moments in life and we're struggling to find them a little bit at the moment. When those good moments come, you know, just taking a mental snapshot of something, just going, I'm just going to log this. I'm going to remember what this felt like and remember what this looked like, what it smelled like, whatever it might be. And you just take that mental snapshot so that when you think back to it, I can now so imagine how it felt standing at the top of there, the, whist the wind whistling around you and trying to get my piece to camera out with all the noise around you. But yeah, I mean, I, listen, mate, it was an incredible privilege doing that job and, and getting to do what I hadn't been able to do before then. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine, like you said, you've been to so many countries and obviously Blue Peter got to sort of help you do that and travel loads. Uh, I'm going to say, so the best thing to do with travel for you, Simon, I'm going to say, obviously you said uh, the sights and sounds, but then mm. that snapshot, but then also a little bit of Watergate Bay just on the side. You know? Yeah, oh yeah, let's, let's keep a little of Watergate Bay in there. And, and a side serving of Cromer in Norfolk, my hometown. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, you've got to put that in. Um, a little crab up, style serving. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And next up, we're going to be talking food. So, Simon, uh, food mm. um, it was one of my favorite things. And especially when it becomes sort of beginnings of the year and I sort of changed my diet because I just ate everything around. Yeah, Christmas. I yeah. didn't care. Uh, do you watch a diet? What, what What's your kind of tips? What, what, you want, what do you eat? And then what do you like try not to eat all the time? Because mine is like any carbs. I love fish and chips. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I've, I've, I've never, I've, thankfully, I've never had to do a diet in so much as having to lose lots of weight. I occasionally get out of shape a little bit and I normally address that through exercise. I can't, I can't stand the idea of, of dieting. Um, but we've, We've just started the uh, the Joe Wicks app, so oh, we're, cool. we're doing his challenge. And what the great thing about it is, well, he doesn't need me to do a sales pitch, goodness me. Uh, but there's lots of recipes in there which are really good, but they're, they're really tasty as well. Because um, I'll be honest, I've only really got into cooking and actually enjoying it really in the last three years because, you know, more out of circumstances than anything because of, you know, what happened to me personally and suddenly being launched into bringing up a child on my own. I had to learn to cook. I remember Ethan saying after his mum died three years ago, he's, you know, when he was talking about what daddy can cook, he, it basically just went, dad, dad can cook omelettes and a barbecue. I mean, that's <laughs> that not was, a bad start. That's not no, a bad start. It's better than just toast. Um, 
but I, I, now I've kind of taught myself and um, got into cookbooks over the last three years, and I, I love it, and I love experimenting. But I, in terms of diets, I mean, I, well, listen, we try and eat healthfully. We try and make sure that we have a good amount of veg. We, we started doing meat-free Mondays because I, I, I don't want to be a vegetarian. I've got my thoughts on, you know, some of the practice that's used in terms of meat production and all that. I think a lot of us have concerns about that. But Ethan's a massive meat eater. Darina loves her meat as well. So we, we don't want to go down that route. We thought, let, let's do meat-free Mondays, and we're always looking for new recipes that, you know, are going to be really tasty and not too dissimilar to what we eat. So, you know, we're, we're careful. Uh, we occasionally have the old blowout during lockdown takeaways and all those kind of things. But I, I'd say we're, we're, we're careful without being dull. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the ways that I try, you know, because we, you know, we work on TV, you, yeah. you know, you're doing stuff for Amazon right now. And I, I, I do postcode lottery adverts. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, you, you, you gotta, you know, you've got to watch what you look like and stuff like that. And one of the ways that I do it is that I actually choose my meals, which is a terrible way to do it. But if I have breakfast, then I have a huge lunch and a small dinner. And if uh -huh. I don't have breakfast, then I can have like a, a lunch and a dinner. And I just try and, but I tell you what's really hard. Like my friends have found it really hard because we've been hot house. It's so easy to pick in the cupboard. So I've just yeah, tried not to buy crisps. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are your go-tos? What are your naughty go-tos? What What do you go, oh, I'd love that. And I, if oh. you couldn't put it back in the cupboard, if you open the packet. I feel bad because Ethan's now become rather a fan of this and he often pops into the lounge around about normally 10 past seven and Doreen is often either still, still working at this point or gone for a shower or something and he sort of pops his head around the door and says daddy is it chocolate time yes <laughs> and i'm like yeah and yet again i've gone to my supermarket just near here and whilst i was just getting a few essentials like milk and bread i popped another couple of bars and and we we, we have a bit of a disagreement myself ethan sides with Dorina. i i like and i realize for some this may be chocolate heresy uh, I like chilled chocolate from the fridge. I was going to ask you, do yes. you keep it in the fridge? Because I'm do. the same. Me too. They like it room temperature, almost no. like it's just come off a radiator. And no. it, the, the, the damn thing is melting in your hands like a bad Malteser. <laughs> and I, I like it cold and that snappy sound as it as it breaks. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's been fairly bad over the last 10 months, actually, because of lockdown. It's kind of one of those things you just – that little moment of the day, you think, oh, yeah, come on. And then before you know it, I'm looking at Ethan going, that packet's empty. And and I realise I've done as much damage to it as he has. Doreen not even come down yet, and there's none left for his, for her. So, therefore, the, the second packet gets opened. And, yeah, we've tried to reduce it a little bit. But it's – I just think – I think in this whole period, people need to be a little bit kind on themselves. You know, I'm not an advocate. Don't, don't plough into the drinking. Don't plough into lots of foods you shouldn't. But also give yourself a break. Because I think all too often we're seduced by what we're seeing on on kind of social media and stuff. Look, I'm doing this, we're doing that. But I, I, what I love is there's a lot of very real accounts on there as well. People, particularly, you know, mums and dads who are homeschooling, just, just sort of hands up, I'm struggling here. Hands up, yeah, I have laid into the wine twice already this week and it's only Monday. Uh, and, yeah, I have been laying seeds for the chocolate again. I think it's all about moderation, isn't it? I just think during this period, yeah, don't. Don't go and do eight bars a day. But if if you if that just makes you feel a little bit better at ten past seven, wherever it is, 
just have a little bit because yeah. we don't know how long we're going to be in this for. And the main thing is you come out intact and look, if you're a pound heavier than when you went in, so what? Yeah, you can get it off. Just do, walk around the park or you whatever. You can have a pound. If it was 10 kilos, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say. I, a funny thing happened. I'm not going to out one of my neighbors, but um, she came up to me and she's like, um, I've got a little something for you to eat. And I was like, oh, thanks. And she's like, it's a, it's a mince pie. And I went, oh, okay. Did you make it? She was like, no. I was like, <laughs> why, why are you giving me a mince pie? And she went, because if I give you this mince pie, it means I haven't eaten the whole packet. <laughs> oh, Wonderful. <laughs> So just sort of a little conscience soother as she handed it over. Lovely. I, what, begrudgingly, begrudgingly. Uh, what would you say is the best thing when it comes to food for you, Simon? What 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 do you love about food? Or is there a certain type of food that you're like, oh, we definitely have that every Friday? I'm a big fan of and I've got into doing this. I, I love I love doing slow cooked meals. I've got a slow cooker that I use an awful lot. In fact, once we're done here. Just going to do a little quick chili con carne. It'll take me 10 minutes to make, and then it'll cook for three hours. And I know that in nice. three hours' time, it'll taste amazing because it's just slowly cooked. All the spices have come out. I'm giving you a clap, by the way, for using your slow cooker because mine is in my cupboard. No, get it out. Mine sat there redundant for quite a while. And then suddenly I, I twigged and started using it. And I thought, why haven't I used this before? And the flavors are, are always great. I'm, I'm a big advocate of... But I love doing roasts. You know, as I said, three years ago, I couldn't cook. And it's, it's, I, I've really enjoyed getting into it. I'm not claiming to be anything great. I'm really not. But what I love about cooking is actually it can feel a little bit overwhelming. A lot of cookbooks, I think a few of them, you just open the page and you just see the list of, of ingredients. Go, it's that, too much. That, that's a trip to Waitrose, let alone. Yeah, it's too much. I'm never going to find that. But actually, there's so much, there's so much simple stuff out there. Um, and what I've loved getting into is is doing slow cook roasts. I love doing wow. a slow cook roast. And one of the, one of, I think my favourite is is the slow cooked pork. And it was a Jamie Oliver one, and it's just amazing. You just put it in the joint, and you fire your oven up to maximum temperature. You put it in for a few minutes to get the crackling nice and crisp. And then you slow cook it for five hours. And I, I remember my mum's a really good cook. So her pork was lovely, but it was the normal roasted pork. So you had to carve it. I just always remember pork being a bit boring. I was like, oh, yeah. I was always a bit disappointed because I love like, roast lamb in terms of taste is my favourite. But this pulled pork is incredible. And I love, I love experimenting with gravy. You know, for too long, it was just get a bit of stock, hot water, thicken it up with a bit of flour bosh but just using the juices from from the rose from vegetables that you can put around it and then adding little bits to it and just going yeah that tastes even better bit too much salt this time back to the drawing board <laughs> but I, I i really enjoy it and we myself and Dorina are quite a good team she's she does these the most amazing fluffy roast potatoes so i kind of look after the meat and the gravy she does well, that and all the veg and we just got it down to clockwork and i just i just really enjoy it because i think it's tempting particularly you know, I think back to when it was just myself and Ethan, but often when we're on our own, it's it's sometimes hard to motivate ourselves. You know, think, where's the joy in just cooking for one or or, or for two? But, but sometimes it's just nice to go, you know, even though it is the two of us, to, to make a bit of an effort and make it an occasion. And I always think a roast is an occasion, you know, even if it's on a Tuesday night, it just gives Tuesday night a different feel, the fact that you've done a roast. So... I, I, lo I love it, and I've really grown to enjoy it. As I said, I'm not claiming to be anything amazing, but it's and, – and I think that's what I love about cooking. I think anybody can have a go. We often tell ourselves, oh, I can't be this, I can't do that. Well, don't take MasterChef as your benchmark. You know, no. just, don't, do not. 
Um, just, just, just go out, just try something simple and start building it and enjoy it. Because listen, if, if I can get to being a, a fairly okay cook in three years, you, you can do even more. That sounds amazing. I'm going to say the best thing when it comes to food for Simon is a slow cooked roast, preferably yes. pork, um, which which sounds uh, uh, completely amazing. I don't eat meat, but to be honest, oh. when I got asked, I got wait, I got asked the question. Right, it's only been two years, and and uh, they said, uh, "What would you be like your last meal?" Yeah, and I said, I said my last meal and stuff, and then my name <laughs> was like a hog roast, and they're like, "What?" I was like, oh, it's my last meal, so it's fine. Um, Do you know the best hog roast I've ever had? Go on. Well, it wasn't a true hog roast, but it was the most incredible meal I've ever had. I filmed, I was very lucky to film, you won't be surprised to hear it was Blue Peter again, but we went out to the Solomon Islands, just myself and a director, and they are about three hours kind of northwest of, sorry, northeast of, of Brisbane in Australia, near kind of Fiji, very remote. And we filmed we, all, all these amazing villages. And this village we were filming was going to do us a massive welcome, but there was also going to be a village feast. And they do this a couple of times a year where they prepare a pig. And the way they cook it is they dig a hole in the ground and then they put these big, large stones into a fire and leave them in the fire overnight so that when they take them off the fire, they are glowing hot. And they lay them into this hole and then they sort of cover it with leaves and stuff and this sort of hessian type material. And then they lay the pig on it, cover it, put stones on top, and then sort of put a bit of foliage on top and they leave it there for hours. And then a few wow. hours later, they come back and we had this feast with these villages, lots of kind of vegetables and stuff that I'd never tasted before. But this roast was, this hog roast was the most unbelievable thing I've ever, ever tasted. It was so tender. You're making my mouth water Sorry. and I don't even eat meat. Well, it's listen, fine. the good news is you're gonna have to travel far to have that particular brand. I feel like that might have been trial and error. I want to see how many times they got that wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we're going to be talking TV and film. We'll be right back with Simon Thomas to find out what his best things is to do with TV and film. But before we do that, we got the boys at Film Bag, Tom and Revan, keeping us all up to date on the things that we've been missing out on. So I think it's about time we go over to you because, you know what? I've run out of things to watch. Completed Netflix now. Sorry. Go on, boys. Hey everyone, it's Tom, back soaring onto the airwaves to bring a new film bag right to you. But this time, it isn't a film at all, because this week we're talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Their latest entry in the MCU, this series follows Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes after the events of Avengers Endgame, trying their best to protect the legacy of Captain America and punch bad guys along the way. Here's a quick clip. Mr. Barnes, why does Sam aggravate you? 15 seconds to drop! So what's our plan? Great. The MCU can admittedly be quite intimidating to jump into, so if you haven't caught up yet, don't worry. You don't have to watch every single Marvel entry to understand what's going on here, but the bare essentials you'll need are the Avengers and Captain America films to fill in some of the gaps. So that'll be Captain America the First Avenger, The Avengers, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame, in that order. As of recording this, only the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been released, but it is a belter. While it's quite light on typical Marvel action, it makes up for it by providing some quieter moments with the titular characters. 
The premiere does a great job at honing in on who exactly Sam and Bucky are outside of their superior personas, in addition to how their larger-than-life identities intersect with their everyday lives. It's all truly gripping stuff, and Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan really get a chance to properly flex their acting chops. The action we do get is equally stellar, matching the blockbuster visuals you'd expect from a big-screen Marvel experience. Overall, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is off to a fantastic start with its premiere, which should be a great sign for the season to come. You can catch the latest MCU series exclusively on Disney+, and we'll catch you next time for another dive into the film bag. Simon, film and TV. This is a mm. time I've watched so much. I'm actually re-watching stuff. So we're actually, I'm watching Luther at the moment. I've watched all of them before with Idris Elba. If you haven't watched it's them, they back. are, ah, oh, it's so good. Is it? I've gone back, I've gone back to the beginning. Wow. It's so it good must to rewatch. It must yeah. Because I've done Game of Thrones again. We've done Sherlock yeah. again. Like just with friends I and family, just watching loads of programs. So what have you been watching? What's What's been on your uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime, I should say? <clears throat> oh, no, no, either will do. Um, so, well, most recently, we've just kind of bashed through. We've got one to go. Serena's a bit annoying on this front, actually. When we get to the final episode, she just wants to hold off watching it so we can prolong it. But I'm like, well, I want to see what happens next. So we've nearly finished series four of The Crown which is amazing. I think particularly because I grew up, because it's when, you know, Thatcher's in power, Margaret Thatcher, and having grown up in that period, I was quite young, but I, I remember vividly. Uh, you know, you were very young. You were yeah, very young. I was yeah. very young, but Gillian Anderson's portrayal of her is, is extraordinary. And obviously the Diana entering the scene, getting married, and I remember getting my Diana and Charles mug when I was at school, and we, we had a... We all watched it together. It's been remarkable because I think what's amazing about The Crown, not only is it the production just incredible, um, listen, people can argue about how true it is, but there always has to be some artistic license in there, but the acting's phenomenal. But it's also, it's the narrative of both the royals and what was going on socially at the time is, is incredible. So it's a bit like kind of a trip down memory lane. So we've been watching that. We, we've watched, we were still watching it. This is on Amazon Prime. Um, the, three, the three of us. Oh, is it good? Yeah, really, really good. Um, sorry, after the three of us, I've just got it wrong. That shows how big an impact. It's called This Is Us. This Is Us. <laughs> <laughs> but At it, least you corrected yourself. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I know. I could have been happy on in happy ignorance. But it, it's a brilliant American series, and it follows the story of a brother and sister and an adopted brother. And it, it flits between time periods. So you, you see them growing up. And then you see them later in life, and then there'll be moments back to the to the mum and dad, and it, it's 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 beautifully done. It's quite different to stuff I've watched before, and you know, incredibly moving in some places. Tackle some big themes like uh, adoption, what it was like for a black boy growing up within a in a, in a white kind of middle class family in America, and then the boy ends up meeting his dad very late on and grows to love his dad, but his dad then, you know, eventually dies of cancer. It's just, it works on so many different levels. And you kind of, every episode, you think, where's it going now? Are we going back to the start again? Are we going forward? And it's just very, very clever the way it interweaves. The central characters remain the same, but you'll see them at different periods in their lives. And I think it's really good. I mean, the, the two series that stand out from the last couple of years that we, we absolutely loved as a couple were Fleabag, which was oh unbelievable. I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a is a genius, and then she, she is a genius. Oh, it, 
remarkable talent. I've watched it again. I think I've watched it maybe three or four times. I would, I would watch that one again. I'd but watch that one again. The, the, the episode of when they're in the restaurant, the first episode of series two, and they're in the restaurant, is, is the most amazingly well written, acted cinematography. It's just incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. so good. And you know how realistic something is, is when you are starting to sort of hunch in your seat and feel massively awkward. You know that this this is good. Um so we've loved that and and we i mean we've been binge watched this really quickly because we um Darina read the book i hadn't and loads of people had talked about it and it was a little while after it came out but sort of towards the start of lockdown we just did normal people almost in the space of five days and again There's a lot of yeah. sex in that oh amazing you know yeah there is i mean um yeah <laughs> It's quite lively. My friend um, Bethia, who does this podcast, she watched it with her family. She was like, I really? should be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> her family had chilled, but she was like, this is really yeah, awkward. Yeah, this, this is something else. Well, because they look so young at various points in it. <laughs> yes, they do. It's like they're just out of school, and this is, I feel slightly... I feel slightly but they're not in real life. They're not in real no, life. No, they're not. And actually, in the narrative, it's, it's legal, so it's fine. Yeah, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. No, that was extraordinary, and amazing writing amazing acting so yeah there's been lots of, but i'm kind of one of these because you just reeled off a couple of things that i have thought about watching game of thrones luther oh. i'm sort of one of these people because i remember many many years ago um that my housemates i was living with london at the time and i think i every time i went away filming at the weekend with blue peter they would they would come round to our house and they would do kind of um, 24 marathons and would just go through numerous 24 episodes. And sometimes get back on a Sunday and they, they hadn't moved for a weekend and they demolished like that. You've done it. I've done it. And there'd be rappers everywhere, you know. And it was so incredible. And do you know what? It's weird because uh, I've just had a conversation with my friend Tom the other day and he yeah. said that they're bringing 24 back, um, not the, the, the old episodes, and they're putting it on Disney Plus. Are they? Yes. Wow. So there's going to be more binging for people who haven't watched that. I, I don't know if I could do it again. That's just no. way too well, I'm kind of one of these people that when, when I've missed out on a big series, like Breaking yeah. Bad, I know I, I would absolutely love. You would. I, I, I sort of look at it and go, I mean, obviously we're in a different period now, but when you've got a kid and you're homeschooling, there's not actually loads of hours in the day. Is that I just go, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have watched that, but I'm not going to beat myself up over the fact that I haven't. You know, when people say, oh, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. It's well, still there, though. It's still there. It's still you. there. And maybe one day we will binge. Yeah. Well, I don't think like, you can binge watch the Game of Thrones. That'd be like no, but a, you can. You can. Binge. Can you? I, yeah, I, I, we did it in three months, every day, and sometimes two episodes. And I tell you what, it hasn't dated at all. Considering Gosh. series one, series one and series two and series three cost the same amount as one episode of series eight, and it hadn't dated. I was in, I was massively impressed, and the cast is incredible. So, um, okay, so we were. I don't want to go into the Blue Peter stuff because mm. I actually want to go into the Sky Sports stuff, and actually mm. what you're talking about as well. Um, you know, doing stuff for Amazon, sport and football. Yeah. This is a part of your life, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't hadn't been for the last three years because I, yeah. I stepped away from it in. 2018 because of what happened um but i'd always had this kind of itch about potentially going back but there was always this question in my head about because actually the reasons why i stepped away from sky in 2017 because i was just having very pronounced 
struggle with anxiety and panic attacks and depression. So it wasn't because of what happened to Gemma that I stepped away, but that forced my hand in terms of knowing I needed to step step away for a while. But I'd always had this question, could I go back and do it? Would I still love it? And um, yeah, Amazon came knocking actually last year, but I didn't feel I was in the right place. And I was, you know, great believe you need to be professional. It wouldn't yeah. be fair on them to go, yeah, and then think, actually, I don't want to be doing this. But I did it this year and it was just, it was an absolute joy. It was just lovely to get back to, I mean, it was very weird. I and mean, I spoke to Gabby Logan, who does a lot of their games as well. And I said, what, you know, what do I need to look at in terms of working for Amazon? Any tips? She said, no, but the only, the only thing you'll find really strange is no crowd. And obviously as a viewer, we got used yeah. to watching it, but until you go yeah. and watch a game in no crowd, it's a very, very strange experience. It's, it's like a, it's like a training session with yeah. an actual points riding on it but it's no I, was, I i loved it and it was just it was a nice sort of six games you know before and art you know and around christmas and it was just it's great going back to something i love and, and it's always very reassuring i'm sure you you found this if you haven't sung for a while or, or whatever when you haven't done something you know you can do for a while there's always that little voice in your head says you can't do it anymore of course yep and then you open your gob and you go, oh, no, I can. And, and I actually feel happy doing this and I feel comfortable. And it's like, it's like putting on a, a sort of nice, familiar coat. You love the coat, but you haven't worn it for a while. You put it, oh, I miss this. It's, it was that kind of feeling. Well, you smash it to pieces, and I, oh, you know, I, I, I watched it, and I remember just I, I, I heard you were doing it, and then it's so weird because, because obviously I know you have met you, and we worked together sort of at the Pride of Reading Awards, yeah. but I was, I just felt so proud for you that that you were back doing something that even though you might have been had a bit of a hard time with, mm. that you were still brave enough to jump back on, and and I think that that is incredible. And then you went and did it, and it was just like, oh, duck to water, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you should feel very proud because well, I had a lot of comments in the video. I mean, the social media reaction was just so lovely i mean that, that's the time when social media you see the the good that it can do but yeah a lot of people said it's, it'll be like getting back on a on a on a on a on your bike but a new bike and i thought i really like that i really like that uh, and it, it felt exactly like that it felt different but it felt good no it's awesome uh what would you say is um this is a tough one because there's just so many things but what would you say is the best thing when it comes to tv and film for you gosh the best thing when it comes to tv and film the the choice and the genres and the experiences you can have while watching stuff is is limitless more more now than ever before and you just there is there is something out there for absolutely everybody i grew up at a time where you know we have three channels then channel four came along you didn't have all this choice it yeah. is it's unbelievable if i want to watch a really good sports documentary i know that amazon prime i watched the one on Tottenham recently it's an absolutely brilliant yeah, access that you never ever normally see in tv because all these clubs you know they don't want to let people in behind the scenes but seeing Mourinho sat in his office with players having a chat you know i just think that the horizons now the best thing about tv is the horizons have been expanded way beyond anything we could have ever expected and there is something out there for everybody and you can have a different night every night of the week in terms of what you watch the style of program whether it's a film or a series or a documentary it's it's so so rich wow i mean you pretty much just said it in 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 two words and one of them was the but it literally <laughs> i'm going to say the best thing when it comes to um tv and film for simon is the choice which is a lot 
<laughs> uh, talking about choice, I'll tell you what, this is an even harder question. Uh, we're going to be finding out what the best thing is to do with music with Simon after this. We'll be right back to find out what the best thing is to do with music for Simon. But before we do that, we've got Bethia Beats and her track of the pod. So as always, over to you, Bethia. Hi everyone, it's Bethia from Bethia's Beats. My chosen artist for this week is the very talented Sofia Lafuente. She's an independent alt-pop artist born in the US and raised around Europe. Her music is driven by reverbed drums, beautifully understated pop melodies and orchestral flourishes. She's recently released her debut single, Here Again, which is such a beautiful song. Sofia hopes that the song will showcase the idea that vulnerability is power and not weakness. If you like the vibe of the song, here's a snippet of it playing in the background right now, but stick around to the end of the podcast where you can hear the song in full. Find all of Sophia's social media links below, along with where to find this beautiful song. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time. My thoughts are closing me, building up until it gets too hard to breathe. Simon, music. Um, mm. What is on your Spotify playlist? What are you on Spotify? Is that, is that no, I'm Apple Music. Oh, okay, yes. right. What is on your <laughs> Apple Music playlist? Do you know I'm I'm not I'm not massive on playlists. I, what I have, well, I have I do have a playlist. I call it my Shazam playlist, and it's okay. basically any time, not driving, of course. But if I hear a song and I happen to be stationary, I Shazam it if I don't know what it is, and I would just add it straight away to a place. I was gutted actually, because 18 months ago, I compiled one over two years and it got deleted randomly. And I've tried every every single avenue at Apple in terms of, you know, Google, how to do this, how to get back this and never able to get it back. And it kind of, it, it meant a lot to me because a lot of the songs came out of the, the, the pain of three years ago and then the kind of, of finding happiness in life again. And it was kind of charted like the choices. So I lost, 90% of them so I've kind of begun to to rebuild it again and I just I'm kind of I, I always slightly fear music questions because you know when people say what's the what's the who's your favorite band or what's the best song ever I'm always I'm actually not, I'm, I'm not gonna ask you that. I'm like, not gonna uh, <laughs> but um what, what's on my playlist at the moment I'll tell you one song that I've loved playing a lot recently um do you remember the song it was um oh gosh this sounds how rubbish I am but um Don Henley Boys of Summer Yes. Yeah, 1984. Well, there's there's an amazing cover version by Canyon City. Uh, I'd recommend anybody who likes that song. You'll know it, you know, if you're from a certain era particularly. As soon as you hear the opening few chords of that song, you'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that song. But this cover version is just beautiful. So I'll be listening to that along. I'm listening to a song called by Biffy Clyro called Space quite a bit at the moment. But I just, I'm kind of, I'm a bit, I'm a, listen, I'll be honest. I, most of my kind of radio listening is news. I'm a big LBC fan. I know we're trying to be careful these days about what well, I think we should be about how much we take on news wise, because there's so much out there and so much of it. Yes, is bad there news. is. That's but, why I love, that's why I love sports news. Cause yes, I, that's all I listen to a lot of the time. Cause it just keeps me a bit more sane. Cause I'm like, Oh sane. yeah. That's yeah. quite nice to know. In NFL, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So, so my playlists are quite random, really. I just what whatever I've heard and go. Oh, I like that one. I put it, put it on my Shazam list. And if I've had enough of listening to the news and I want something a bit different, and the radio's playing a rubbish song that I don't particularly like, or there's too many adverts, put the playlist on, hit shuffle, and see what comes next. I tell you what, I'm losing 
my music uh, sort of if I had it on a graph about how yeah. much music I listen to to how many podcasts I now listen to. Oh yeah, uh, it's 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 getting podcasts. I've listened to two already this morning. One being yours, but uh, and then I'm also recording a podcast. There's like three podcasts, and it's what the time. It's not even two o'clock. <laughs> And I've listened to no music. I, I, I think that musicians and all that stuff are fighting for our ears because we're, we're doing these podcasts. Yeah, you know, I totally every agree. Yeah. an hour now. Yeah. And so unless I'm in the car, then I, even in the car, I'm either listening to a podcast or w- listening to sport. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. Our listening habits are changing as, along with our viewing habits. And But again, it comes down to choice, doesn't it? What a remarkable amount of choice we have now. And particularly when it comes to podcasts, there is particularly, you know, there's going to be any area out there you can think of. And if that's an area you're interested in, you'll find a podcast. It's incredible because if we go back, you know, right to the beginning, uh, the earliest sort of podcast I remember there being was sort of Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant and Cole Pilkington and stuff like that. And, and, and people going, and even now, sometimes I feel, and I know this category is about music, but it's the same thing. Even mm-hmm. now, if I say to someone, like a friend or family member, I've got a cup of poison on my <laughs> podcast. You have to do one of them. They're mm. like, oh, I'll take the poison. I, I don't, like, <laughs> there's some people that just, they're not there with podcasts yet. I think yeah, there's a yeah, yeah. amount of people that haven't started, but once they do, it's like a weird, like, I don't know, it's like a weird gang. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little switch goes on in their head and invites them into this new world. They were, ne- they were never, never aware you could almost be a fly on the wall or an invisible guest around a table listening to two people or more just having a chat. It's incredible. And then, you know, you have people like over in the States with Joe Rogan and stuff, and they're throwing out three hour pocket. I use them to go to bed to now. <laughs> and uh, do you know what? Because I had to do a situation. So on uh, YouTube, because I, I watch so much YouTube because that's what everyone does now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many adverts. So I've had to pay for, I've had to pay for the, the adverts to go now. And I tell yeah. you what, it is life changing. Also hurts the pocket. Yeah. It's expensive, but it is. It's, it's a different thing now. I, yeah. I feel like I can cancel Sky. I'm not. <laughs> I always say I'm going to. Okay. Um, what would you say is the best thing for you when it comes to music? Uh, I think I think the best thing for me about music is how evocative it is. It can take you in a moment back to a moment in life. And it might be a song that you haven't heard from in years. You just haven't heard this song. And I... I always find it amazing. This is this is a lot to do with just how incredible our minds are in terms of where on earth does all this stuff get stored? But I, I quite often, if I'm not listening to music, will put magic on because I like the fact they play quite a lot of songs from, from earlier periods and often you'll get 80 songs in there. And it might be just, just one random day you're listening and, and it's a song you haven't heard for 20 odd years, but within two or three bars, you can hum the melody because you remember it. You know most of the words, maybe not all like you used to. And, and it takes you back. It takes you back to, to, to a moment. And I, I remember, this is going to sound quite random because I'm imagining quite a lot of people listening to this will go, who? But there was a band called... Oh, we'll Sc- put it in the links below so they can find <laughs> out for themselves. They were called the Scorpions. Now, they were a German rock band. Some might go as far to say heavy metal, but somewhere between rock, rock and heavy metal. And I really liked them when I was a teenager. And there was a couple of us at school who were really into them. All of the rest of my friends just didn't get why we were into the Scorpions. And I have to say, looking back, and when I heard occasionally some of their other songs, I, I don't know why I was into them. But, you know, we all go through phases when we're growing up, don't we? And there was one song that happened in 1991. 
where all of my friends went, oh, oh, that's the band you follow. And they, oh, oh, no, I get it now. That's quite a decent song because there's this amazing moment in history where just all this change was happening in Europe and the, and the Soviet Union fell, you know, and it became Russia as it, as it is today. The Berlin Wall came down. It was a remarkable period in history. And into that period comes this song called Wind of Change, which people will probably recognise on. I'm not going to carry on, but there's a whistle start. <laughs> and it, it, the wind of change obviously played into what was happening politically and in society in Europe at that point. And a lot of my friends are, oh, actually, I do actually like that song. So the first time we get it, but that's that sums up music for me when I, I haven't heard that song for years, but just whistling that melody there, that's it evokes those memories that take you back to that period where you're seeing those remarkable news images of the berlin wall coming down and what had happened in russia and that's what i love about music that it has that ability to stir up emotions it has that ability to to encapsulate any given emotion you know as i said my playlist from three years ago i'm going through such a tough period very different to what it is now but you know if i ever hear those songs it will remind me of what life was like back then and actually a really lovely reminder of how much I've come through and, and how different and lovely life is once again. I, I, that's the power of music. It's not just because it will talk about things like love. It's the power to take you back to a moment and, and the power to just encapsulate an emotion. I love that. Um, so the best thing to do with music for Simon is the power just to take you back and just remind you of those good times and sometimes those darker times. But, you know, that's what music does. And, they, and yeah. I think even with older people, like, you know, when they start, you know, losing you know, what they had before and their memory and stuff. Like music is so important. So oh, I, think that's a good, I watched an cool. incredible episode. Do you, do you watch the repair shop? I do. Oh, and I think I know the episode you're going to talk about the Christmas one. Yep. And it was the, 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 the two ladies and their, and their, and their parents had come over from the Caribbean. They lived in Brixton, didn't they? And they had this, mm. I'm going to get the technical name wrong, but what would have been the kind of record player of the day this huge unit and it had those lovely glowing lights on the front uh, and they spoke so emotionally it didn't work anymore which hence is why the repair shop they spoke so emotionally about how their dad used to fire it up on christmas day and all the different tracks they used to play on it and of course an hour later at the end of the program it's back working it looks stunning it's getting me sad just saying it and then they start playing some of their dad's old music on it and it was such that's why i love that show i should have mentioned that in the tv show but it's it's oh you mention it now yeah the magic of that program but also the magic of music that took them right the way back all those years ago to those Christmases in Brixton and the tears of joy and memory flowed. And that's, that's, that's music in a nutshell. It's super powerful, super powerful. Okay. We've got the next category, which is a something random. I'm going to give you a few seconds. Okay. And, and we're going to come back and find out what the best thing is to do with something random. We've had some random ones. I'm going to let you know, Simon. Simon, what is the best thing when it comes to something random for you? Time. Oh, this is a bit heavy, isn't it? Or maybe like a bit. It. Yeah. No, no, it's not heavy at all. This is good. This is good. No one else has said it. Have they not? No, no one. And I don't mean telling the time. I mean, the, the <laughs> uh, well, the time is now five <laughs> minutes two. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean the more the gift of time. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be one of the hard things that people well they're already feeling it but i think as we will 
and we will we will emerge from this period we're living in we have to and we will the sun always eventually shines again i love that quote about that the night is always at its darkest just before the dawn and as we wow. speak in january right now 2021 yeah it feels really dark but i think one of the things people will probably struggle with and i, I was thinking a lot about this just the other day and i was thinking crikey i don't think really probably i'll get to see mum till easter at the earliest being optimistic good and job for technology good job yeah oh my days does she facetime goodness me <laughs> every day and it's always when you're doing something and you're just like always. recording a podcast and then it'll be like but they facetime no. you while doing something else that is so noisy you're like yeah. wait what? i was <laughs> so, be cooking unload the dishwasher you know anything, stop run down run down to the soup she had for lunch but it's it's lovely but I was thinking that, you know, the one thing that's going to be hard for those of us who are missing parents who are, you know, let's be polite, getting on a bit, is, is you can't get the time back. You know, hopefully for a lot of us, and I know sadly for, for many, they won't get this again. But just that that first hug and that first just being normal again, being able to sit in mum's lounge or wherever will be amazing. But we can't get that time back. And I think that's going to be really hard for a lot of people. You know, the, the fact that we've lost, it's not just a way of life. It's not just all the normal things that we enjoy, but it's its the loss of time. Uh, yeah. and, you know, and obviously as a parent, I worry about that for Ethan. You know, his, his school, yeah. second time round, are being amazing. They're doing as many remote classes as they can. But again, that time, you know, I'm just thinking towards the end of, of last term, like he's he's in year six now, so he starts senior school, hopefully, in, in September. And, and you know, one of the fun things that year six do at his school is their final nativity, they put on a bit of a show and they yeah. kind of lead it and the rest of the school plays their roles. He's not gonna have that. His no. year six are not gonna have that. They're not gonna have all the things so far this year that would have happened. And, and I think that's the hard thing is not getting back those moments because once a moment in time has gone, it, it's gone. And, and I think some of this has been shaped a little bit by what I've gone through the last few years, recognizing and actually knowing. I think we we know this in kind of small letters, but for some of us in life, we get reminded of this in a, in a very big way. And those no letters become big, bold capitals. Life is short. And yeah. it really is. And that's that's probably one of the hard things about this period is that we don't want to lose all this time to to being at home, to homeschooling. We, we want to get back, but we're just going to have to suck it up for the time being. But that that for me is something I've reflected on a lot, not just in the last 10 months or so, but actually in the last three years, is that time is something that sometimes we we do take for granted. And it's only when you're running out of time, like anything good in life, particularly times only when you're running out you realize just how valuable and precious it is and so that that for me is my yeah that, I think that's what i'm going to go for time Danny. that's a beautiful answer as well um yeah i mean i think it is i think that we we take it for granted we've taken you know and we can't help it and and then things happen in our lives and you'll know this and you know that you know people listening will know this but it's it's it is so important to make sure that you know, apparently someone told me this, that how do you know that you love someone is when you give them your time, mm. because that is so important. And that's friends, family, stuff like that. When you give them your time, it's super important. That's so, the greatest yeah. gift in everybody. And I think, and I think that kind of touches on something else. It's about, it's not just about giving you your time, but, but being present. 
And we've got so many distractions now in life, haven't we? I mean, we're joking about mum calling in on FaceTime and stuff, but we're <laughs> we're constantly diverted by other things. And yeah. sometimes you've got to put that device down, turn it off, put it in another room and say, no, actually, I'm not just giving you my time. I'm giving you my attention as well, because yeah. all too often we can kind of be there, but we're not present. No. No, that's totally true. Um, we've got one more question. You yes. might have heard this already. Um, and so I'm going to give you, a, yeah, again, a few <laughs> seconds to think about this. And my window cleaners has just popped up I as well. I don't think they were going to come. What? Are they, what are they? Okay, it's fine. Um, so um, we're going to be finding out what the best thing is about you, Simon. I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it while I go and let in the window cleaners as well. Simon, last question. Um, what is the best thing about? I don't know why I point because no one can tell. But about you, what is the best thing about the you? The best thing about me <laughs> is Alan Partridge in person. Yeah, fascinations. I, I think this is maybe a slightly strange thing to say, but I think the best thing about me is I'm young at heart because I'm, I'm like I'm 48 soon. It just doesn't feel possible, and yet also I'm, you don't look it. You don't oh, look, like, very you, good. you still thank look you. like you're in your you're like your early thirties. So, oh, you know. thank you. But I, I just feel I feel young at heart, and I like that. I like the fact that I'll I'm still up for a good laugh. I'm still up for a um, a prank here and there. I'm still up for doing stupid voices. You know, having a a, a funny eleven year old boy keeps you young at heart. Having Dorina, who's who's who loves taking the mick out of people, is a great practical joker as well. Yeah, the other day they and bear in mind a moving house soon, so you don't want any problems any problems when you're about to exchange contracts and i was just in the kitchen sorting one or two things out and they both came through and they said oh simon daddy what I said, there's a leak on the stairs i said you're joking no and they they looked serious there's a Are leak you, already on the know? Stairs. you know where it's going so i said oh you're joking flipping heck i did swear actually <laughs> and, and and i went round to the stairs and there is the vegetable <laughs> version of a leak i mean simple um but funny and they 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 loved it. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I didn't initially laugh because this is too close to the end game in terms of moving for practical jokes. But I I, lo I love all that kind. Of, I love watching pranksters on on kind of you know Instagram and and all those kind of things. Me too. I, I just I, you listen. You know, the body tells you 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 you're not as young as you feel. But up here, I just think it's really important. You know, in terms of our minds and actually our hearts, it's just just to remain young. You know, the rest we can't do much about. We can try and eat well, exercise, all of course we can. But I just, I, I want to stay being young. I just want to stay being me. I just want to stay enjoying all the things I enjoyed 20, 30 years ago. Why, why do I have to suddenly be all boring and sensible just because I'm in my late 40s? So that's, that's, that's what I, that's, that's, I don't, I don't think whether people would argue that's the best thing about me, but I well, think, I that, think that's, that's what, young at heart. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. me, you know, and I'm, you know, I, and it means I can, you know, I haven't reached that age yet where I'm, I'm worried about trying something vaguely dangerous. You know, that, that was one of the great joys amongst many other things of Blue Peter, just being stuck in, quite frankly, some shit scary positions where you did fear for your life. But I loved it. And I still do that. I mean, I think a little bit different about it now because I've got a boy and, you know, yeah, of course, being there for him. But I'm still that guy who would, would quite happily abseil off the side of a building without thinking about it or out yeah. the back side of a helicopter. So, me you know, that, that's me. I love I love being young. I love being stupid. I love still finding toilet humour funny. You know, that that's that's me. 
Amazing. Uh, Simon, you've been such an amazing guest from the moment I met you and worked for you at the Pride of Reading Awards, which now seems oh, like a like a like a, a bygone era when we could meet in a in a football club in a big lovely room with lots of tables, amazing okay. guests, and then yeah, we'll, we'll, it, it will be back along with it'll be back bigger than ever because everything yeah. that's happened and I, I remember just walking parading you around uh clothes shops while dressing <laughs> you uh in reese clothes and stuff you got me some lovely stuff the only downer was they wanted it back yeah but do you know what next time that's not going to happen we're going to oh, get it for you you're going to make sure it's, we, we'll sort it out. And imagine um, also the stories we'll have next time <laughs> oh, from, this, from this era from oh, this period some uh, we're going to be in era. tears in tears uh what's next for you what's what's coming up so I've got a few more moving. My, yeah, moving's the biggest thing coming up. I've got uh, a few more episodes of my new series of Life Interrupted to come out. Uh, Great, yes, recording. Well. yeah. And also, oh, thanks, mate. And there, there is because because football is going to remain behind closed doors. Sadly, yep. um, it means all of the broadcasters, so BT and Sky, have the most, and Amazon will have to put on extra games. So there'll be a, a few of those coming up between now and the Perfect. end of the season. So, and also just, you know, I, I don't know what the work's going to look like next month, but that's one of the exciting, as you'll know, stroke scary things about being freelance. Yes. You never know quite what's around the corner. You just hope it's something. Yes, please. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Get down on your knees and pray. I know, literally, that's how I feel all the time. And then I and then I'll get like like people say, Oh, can you do this weird West End online show thing? And I did Godspell at the last season. It was amazing. But yeah, it's uh, it is it is incredible. My 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 window cleaners has dropped off an invoice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> They've £52 for <laughs> one window. <laughs> it's incredible. Um we're gonna leave all your social media links uh, below as well, which is at oh, Simon Thomas T V. So that's on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, good luck with the move and you, uh, give my love to your lovely other half and Ethan and stuff like that. Um you're an absolute star, thank you. Simon Thomas, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, make sure you follow his podcast, Live Interrupted. All the links are below. You can follow him on his social media too. Thank you to the boys at Film Bag. Make sure we don't miss out on those must-see movies. I know, they've been amazing as well. Thank you, of course, to Adam Harris. Find out his wonderful fat chicken answer at the end of this. Thank you to Bethia Beats as well, making sure we're all up to date with our music. Her track of the pod will be played right after Adam Harris's fat chicken answer. The music in the background is by Tom Baxter, Jimmy Lundy and myself, and the artwork is done by JMD. That's it from me. I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of Mr. Fat Chicken. Yes, Adam Harris to give you his answer. And then we've got Bethia Beats, track of the pod. So until next time, we'll see you then. Hey, hey, Fat Chicken here. I was finding out about grapes and wine, 700 in a bottle. Apparently people don't always say that. That's not a thing people say. I basically gave you the answer. Yes, there is 700 grapes in a bottle of wine. That's approximately 2.6 pounds if you're wondering how much fruit you get when you uncork your favourite red. Uh, another one of those in the next episode. <laughs> Drops of doubt dripping down from
Show me something, show me something. See the street. 